the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and also follow us on Spotify, where you can also listen to First Name Dane's latest song, Surf Part 2. Shout out to Dane for letting us use his music and possibly preventing us from getting sued by Jason Derulo. It's been a month since the Sixers were swept out of the playoffs, but that isn't stopping us from making more episodes. The coaching search continues. Ben Simmons is named to the all-defensive first team and all-NBA third team. Drew Holiday trade rumors and some mailbag questions. And finally, Mudbones will give us number four on his top five list of process moments. So let the therapy session begin. season edition of the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Alex Wynn. Everybody calls me Nuge. It's been 29 days since Brett Brown has been fired, and there still has been no meaningful change in the front office, which means Alex Rucker and Ned Cohen still have jobs. Um, We'll get to that later. Uh, The gang's all here. We're back at it again. First, I have uh, lead singer of BTS, June Wan. (laughs) Hey, I think without the Sixers, the NBA is so much more fun. Plus stressful, right? Yeah. Facts. Stress-free basketball is beautiful. We have yeah. uh, the Nuggets and the Lakers tonight, and then, uh, what was it, Heat Celtics tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then next I have um, three-point specialist, Kirk Hamilton, a.k.a. Dave DeBacco. That's right. That's right. How are we doing, fellas? Happy to be here. Talk some more, you know, speak our minds, get things off our chest. Another good therapy session. <laughs> and finally, we have the official bookie of the pod, JB Mudbuds. <laughs> For disclaimer purposes, I am not a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> Disclosure, I should say. Um, what's good, guys? Feels good to be back. Yeah, doing good. It's been, uh, it's been a little stress-free, although uh, the Sixers keep pissing us off. There's been uh, – there's been some reports of what they're up to do up to next, and they haven't done anything in the front office. Uh, we might as well be called Philadelphia Sports Group Therapy because Philly sports has had a rough two months. We have uh, the Phillies about to blow their playoff spot in this in the short season. Uh, the Eagles are 0-2, and people are panicking about Carson Wentz. Uh, the Flyers just lost uh, a Game 7 not too long ago. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're barely hanging in there. But uh, we, you guys have us. We'll get you through the offseason and, uh, and through all this crap. But let's, uh, let's start with the coaching search because it just came out today at around dinner time that Billy Donovan has accepted the Chicago Bulls head coaching job less than 24 hours after Shams reported that Billy Donovan, Mike D'Antoni, and Ty Lue will be here this week to interview. So, guys, what do you think? Uh, Billy Donovan's off the table. It seems like Mike D'Antoni – is the front runner. I think Keith Pompey had a story that it's his job to lose, which gives me some red flags, but I want to hear what you guys have to say first. So go ahead, jump in. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll lead. Um, I knew the least about Billy Donovan, so it didn't sting me to see him go. Um, I had already sold myself on Mike D'Antoni and Ty Lue. If either of them get the job, I could convince myself. If Ty Lue will <laughs> yell at all of our stars, that's cool. And I've always just enjoyed Mike D'Antoni. And although it doesn't seem plausible that his style will work with our roster, but hey, whatever. I still think he's a smart guy. Maybe he can figure it out. Um, is there any chance – what would you set the probability or the odds – that someone not in that three or now two gets the job. Is there any chance it's just some random candidate that no one has talked about? No shot. I feel like I feel like it's no, no. chance unless they accept job. Uh, unlike unless D'Antoni and Lou accept jobs somewhere else. I think uh, I think it was always going to be Ty Lou from the jump. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That was the first rumor to come out. And honestly, I mean, the, the big picture here is June said it last podcast. It's like it took them one day to fire Brett Brown and there was going to be meaningful change in the front office. And, it's, and here we are a month later. It's nothing's going to happen. We're stuck. 
This is they're they're riding out with this, and they're you know there's there's a reason that we've been hearing about coaching candidates before they made any change in the front office because they're not making any change in the front office. They're actually keeping all these losers in place. You know, in in a in a pandemic world when everyone's out of work, the real people that should be out of work are not, and uh, it's unfortunate for us, the fans. Gene, what do you think? Uh, remember when we were first looking for a coach? There were reports out there that was that was saying uh, Ty Lue and the Sixers had like a mutual interest in each other, yeah. and now that D'Antoni's out there, he's somehow in our running. And I feel like the longer this goes on, I know the front office is going to stay. And there's just this itch inside saying, we're definitely getting D'Antoni because, one, this guy is a free agent coaching. He, he, he chose to leave the Houston Rockets, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, he's not guaranteed a head coaching job because before he went to the Rockets, what was he, just putting around as an assistant everywhere? He was our assistant. Because our assistant, like he's not guaranteed another head coaching job, but he definitely knows something. And I don't know, man. I think it's our front office with our history with the Brian, and that's his guy. And I think that's going to come close, man. Let's think about that's it. His, Back in, in 2016, when uh, I think it was 2016, it was the, the, it was the Oak for year that we went 10 72 when uh, that is the year Hinky resigned quote unquote, correct. And they brought in, uh, they brought in Colangelo. They brought in, I'm sorry, <laughs> let me, let me correct that. They brought in Jerry Colangelo uh, who then brought in, like, didn't they have to bring in Elton brand as like a player coach or whatever. And they also mm-hmm. brought in Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach. And what, which led us to believe that he was going to eventually take over for Brett Brown. Cause Brett Brown wasn't their guy. He wasn't Colangelo's guy. He never was. Uh, but then he ended up taking the Houston job. And we still have those same front office people from the Colangelo era because they fired Colangelo after Burnergate, but left his entire staff and made Elton Brand work with his entire staff. Uh, that was the condition to take the GM job. And those same people are still in office. So I think Mike D'Antoni, I think it's true. I think it's going to be his job to lose. Um, nothing against nothing against Mike D'Antoni. I think he's a good coach. He has been in a few places, hasn't always had success besides Phoenix and Houston. But I do share JB's concerns with the roster fit. Like I just can't wrap my head around it. Like, and that's gonna, I'll, which I'm probably gonna get to about I, how I think the Sixers have been catering more to Simmons rather than Embiid since what four years ago and. I just, I already think Embiid's days are numbered here. I think we all think that. Uh, no, just just a hunch. But I think Mike D'Antoni being coached, I can't see the fit with Embiid. Uh, he'll be, you know, running up and down the court like gas and and everything. So uh, I'm I'm not sure about the fit with the roster, but it seems like it's going to be Mike D'Antoni, at least in my head. Well, that's just that for all that all that logic you just put forth. I mean. Think about it. These guys, you've, they've been catering more to Simmons than Embiid because they drafted Simmons. They didn't draft Embiid. Embiid is – they didn't pick Brett Brown as a coach. They did pick Mike D'Antoni to come in and be his assistant coach. It's like this is – they're trying to put their stamp on this thing. Joel Embiid is the last remaining thing from the Sam Hankey era. So, I mean, like you said, writing's on the wall. He's gone. Probably this summer. I really wouldn't be surprised if he's gone, especially if they bring in Mike D'Antoni because it doesn't make sense with all these guys that we're stuck with. Harris, Horford, Simmons, they, and Embiid, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense anyway, let alone a Mike D'Antoni offense. <laughs> it's like there's, you know, if, if D'Antoni is the guy, that means Embiid's gone this mm-hmm. summer. If, uh, if you remember during Burnergate, some of the tweets, many of them were negative towards Embiid, mm-hmm. and many of them were very positive towards Simmons. So Colangelo mm-hmm. guys are still there. Like you said, they didn't draft Embiid. He's not one of their guys. He was a he was a hinky guy. He was the crown jewel of the process. And if you remember during Burner Gate, Embiid tweeted out like a fake burner, like Sam Hinky told me he's better than you, Brian Colangelo. So I'm sure there's some ill will there. And it it kind of reminds me of like the Seattle Seahawks when like there was like 
Russell Wilson versus like their Legion of Boom defense. Like, and it, it just seemed like there was hostility in the locker room. Like the Seahawks were trying to push it towards Russell Wilson's team, which is probably the good choice but anyway. But like, it just reminds me of that. It seems like this front office is trying to push it towards a Ben Simmons team rather than an, an Embiid team. And I think Mike D'Antoni might be the beginning of the end. Yeah, I mean, also, when D'Antoni, well, if he does become a coach for the Sixers, can you just imagine all these media outlets just thinking of, like, oh, is Joel going to fit? Is is he, is he going to be gone? Oh, that's going to happen these instantly. Possibly, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like that. And then knowing our front office and their decision-making and, and giving into like media pressure, like that's something like they're gonna something's gonna happen. And man, you know who you know who would fit? Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson would fit. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, man, a bio still on the table, or you think that's that's gone after that block and the that is gone. <laughs> well, hey, if they're trading for Joel Embiid, they got to give him up to someone. So maybe make right. it a three teamer. Got to give up something to get something. So uh, maybe make it a three-teamer, toss Bam somewhere else, something else comes back to us. Although we'll Jimmy, us, Jimmy we'll may really about. love him. Maybe Jimmy can force that hand. Well, uh, I'm still holding out hope. I, I don't know why I have this blind faith in Dan Tony that he's just – I think, like, one of my – I just vividly loved watching the Nash Amari sons that I'm just like, ah, oh, this guy made them a dope team and – Granted, Amari was a runner, right? Like, it's not like he was anything like Embiid. But I just like to think right. that he's a super smart offensive guy, and maybe he can make it work. Like, Embiid is better than – who? The, who's the guy they had to get rid of? Quinn Capella? Because he just – Yeah, yeah. Why did they need to get rid of him? He was a rim runner, wasn't he? He was just too expensive. To be honest, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know that he did sign a big extension. I don't know what your take – what your guys take on it but like i don't maybe they just didn't think he fit i don't know they they literally went all small ball it was the same thing with like why gobert like well i guess gobert had a good playoffs but there was like a thing in the season where like gobert was kind of unplayable in crunch time because if a team has a stretch big it pulls him out of the paint and then on the other end of the floor he can't stretch the floor either and he clogs up the paint and it's just kind of like a dying breed so i think uh I think they tried to get off of him, get something for him, and they got Covington. Good for them. Yeah, mm. uh, that was a good move for them, actually. But uh, you know what? That leads me to uh, my next question: Could Mike D'Antoni work with this team if Embiid had a lesser role in offense? I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, mm. what? What? What's stopping? Like, could Embiid be a better Gobert? Like, he? I think he's just as good defensively, and then he's more talented offensively. So, like, does he have to? Do we need to run as many post-ups as, like, with Mike D'Antoni, do we need to run the ball through Embiid on offense? Like, could it be a Ben Simmons offense and Embiid is there to kind of pick up the slack when, like, we need a bucket or, you know, like situations and when it kind of breaks down and then Embiid could get a bucket? Or, like, do you think that's just not possible with the numbers he's put up and as big of a role he's had in the past years? I don't know if that made any sense. I feel like it's not possible to answer. Like, with our current roster, I think no, because I think there's no other options. Like, we couldn't pull off the Ben Simmons drive and dish because our guys wouldn't shoot, and our guys couldn't create for themselves. So what were the other options? Like, we had to give Embiid a post-up that was, like, too far out of the paint and too late in the shot clock. Like, that's just kind of the culmination of what went wrong for the team this year. So, like, if our genius front office can get rid of some of these guys and revamp the roster to players that actually complement, then I'm then sure. I think D'Antoni or anyone can figure out a different offense because we'll have better pieces. I still think, like, Embiid will never be, like, a, a, a low on the totem pole option on offense. I think he's got to be, like, the number – one one B guy, one A one B guy, no matter what. Yeah, I I agree with all that. I agree with all that. I mean, we we saw the formula for Simmons and Embiid working. It's surround them with with unconscious bombers, and that is not what we have. <laughs> that is not what we have. So I'm uh, I'm not optimistic that Embiid would would be better off with Embiid in the lesser role. I think he should uh, 
you know, I've, it, in a perfect world, they'd build a team that complemented his dominant post play. But for everything we said before with, uh, you know, this front office catering to Ben, I just uh, – I'm not optimistic. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like impossible to know, right? Because it's easy to say that the post game is dead or you can't, like, build around a playoff team around a center because we literally had the most – and like, the worst team – built around him to cater to those needs. So, like, we didn't really get to see a prime example of that, right? So, I don't know. Because, like, I, I just would love to see if D'Antoni could get some easy buckets for him, you know? But, you know, where he thrives and, like, you know, Steve Nash pick and roll with Amari, like, Simmons can't do a pick and roll because he can't shoot. And for whatever reason, MB is just a bad bad at rolling. Like, I don't know. Like, I, have you guys seen him actually do a good roll to the basket? Like, it seems like it never happens while, like, Mitchell Robinson for the, the Knicks was, like, killing us one game, like, rolling off the pick. Not even that. It, and Bede seems to, like, not be able to set a pick. Like, he doesn't know how to set a pick. <laughs> we I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't make contact with people. But, like, and here's another thing about D'Antoni. I mean, maybe this is ignorant, but, like, isn't their offense just give the ball to Harden and get out of the way? Like, what? Yes. Isn't that why they get a lot of criticism, too? Like, what genius is really going on there? I don't know. I'm just I'm, – I'm skeptical. I like to think about Steve Nash, not Harden. <laughs> I'm still caught up on what 15 years ago. Forget the, forget the Rockets, the Knicks, and the Lakers since. The Suns. <laughs> Wait, the Suns wow. I, forget, I forgot Suns about the Lakers. Lakers. Wait, what was the third one? The Lakers, the Rockets, Knicks, and Lakers. He coached the Knicks. Yes. Oh yeah. Jeremy yeah. Lintanity. Oh, all right, Lintanity. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Jeremy yeah, there you go. <laughs> he turned. Jeremy Lin. Oh my god, that will still be the craziest period of basketball like almost ever. He, didn't he put so up too. like back to back fifties and then just fell off? Like that's <laughs> not like a hot streak. That's like un that's that's like I can't there's no explanation on how that happened. There was like wow. a two week period. He was like he hit a game winner against Toronto in Toronto after it was already ridiculous. It was Walked like eight off. games in a row of him of him just, just tearing people up and then you know, it's all—it's starting to be Lynn Sanity. All eyes, everyone's watching the Knicks, and then he just his walk-off three-ball for the win at the buzzer against the Raptors. It's the craziest shit ever. He cooked up Kobe. The Lakers yeah. game, yeah, insane. And like, there's a—he there's like the year before that, he was like sleeping on his friend's couch, like in the D League, like in New York, and then, then Lynn Sanity happens. Crazy. Well, I'm all in on D'Antoni. All right, that's it. Hire him now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I I feel like you were one of you were probably the biggest Phoenix Suns, uh, the eight seconds or less Phoenix Suns fan here. What uh, what do you think about D'Antoni and could he mesh? I mean, obviously our roster needs like a big overhaul. We need a lot of changes, but like, how do you feel Embiid Simmons wise? Uh, well, taking from Dave's standpoint, where give Harden the ball and let him do everything. Maybe Steve Nash was the coach there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nets coach Steve Nash. Yeah, Nets coach, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But I don't know. If, if if he's an offensive mastermind that everyone seems to make him up to be, then maybe he can figure something out with these guys with four power forwards. The bar was low on figuring shit out. So I think no matter what, like, whether they stopped listening to Brett or he couldn't figure shit out, I think it's going to be tough to not improve – the way that we uh the way that we look on the offensive side of the court. Yeah, maybe need some change there. Either way, but like we said, with with still no meaningful change in the front office, is anything really gonna change? Like I don't know. How is that That's a thing? Do you think that there is just like everyone's pointing at each other and blaming like you guys made this collaborative, it wasn't my fault. The other guy says it wasn't my fault and maybe it was just like Josh Harris making the decision. So it's like, all right, everyone gets a free pass. Now that we actually are putting structure into this, now you're now you'll be judged. Either way, there's no that would be a bad excuse anyway. Yeah. Either way, it's unacceptable. What's happening? Baffling. Yeah. It's bad. It makes no sense. Like, wh- there's no if because I think Keith Pompey did. I think we talked about this last pod. Keith Pompey had a report that Alex Rucker's probably gone. What are they waiting for? He, there's no yeah. need for him to still be in the front office. Like, if if you're gonna get rid of him, get rid of him. Let's get the show on the road. I just – I don't understand. And that actually – it reminds me, I totally forgot. I left it out of the outline that there was another another front office leak, another one. 
about Brett Brown. Like 20 days after Brett Brown was fired, another report that Brett Brown did not want Jimmy Butler. While Jimmy Butler is, you know, killing it in the playoffs with Miami Heat, has some two games away from the NBA Finals, there's another report saying that Brett Brown is to blame for Jimmy Butler not being here. The guy was fired for three weeks. Like, move the fuck on. You don't need to leak this anymore. Your job should be over with. You should not be in the front office anymore. It's like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's just making him look bad on TV right now. It's uh, they got to keep, they got to defend them. They're so ins- It's like the ins- the Brian Colangelo's insecurity is still echoing. It's radiation. It's just like, it's like Fukushima, just radiating the spill into the ocean still to this day. It's like Brian Colangelo's stink is still in the front office. These guys are just so insecure about their uh, optics and the PR, and it's just. Oh, why did this happen to us? Are we why? cursed? Are we cursed? The owners are. I, th- you know, guys know my theory. I think the owners are cursed. But we got a Super Bowl. <laughs> Can't forget. We sold that. our souls for that Super Bowl. That's yeah, what happened. I'd do it again. A million that was awesome. times. That was awesome. Uh, who knows if we ever see it again? <laughs> There's a. Although, did you guys see the reports like uh, that? that Super Bowl was clearly a fluke. It's like, I don't give a shit. We got a Super Bowl. Yeah, so uh, there's probably so many flukes of a Super Bowl. Like, who gives a fuck? Which which one? There's so much luck involved, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I I got a random interesting question. If uh, if Jimmy leads the the Heat to the finals, is that the worst example of a player leaving Philadelphia and succeeding? As in, like, the best because that happens to us all the time? Yeah, uh, like, I think that's like the worst case. I think it's it might be the worst, at least of recent memory. Like I can't, I'm struggling to think of anyone that's like has been this severe. Like we've had players leave, nothing like this. Like, and let's not forget, like Jimmy Butler never showed like signs of leading a team to the final ever. Like he's always been bouncing the second round. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna make this like a you know like a like a, a slander fest for for Jimmy, but like, it's, it's, it's true. Like the, the, the Bulls never went past the second round. He went to Minnesota instantly blew them up after a first round exit. And like, I just, like, he, he's, he wasn't a saint throughout the past year. So I, I don't want him to get away with it, but he, I mean, he's fantastic now, but I think it's only because we're cursed and it's Philadelphia. We motivate. It really, it really might be the worst example of somebody leaving and succeeding elsewhere. The most severe. And, and the fact that he's squaring off against Tatum, who we also, you know, technically gave the boss. Does Tatum count? It's just, no. yeah. I know. Tatum I, might count. Yeah. He might count. <laughs> the fact that both – We traded him. Jason, Jason Tatum is on the Celtics and Jimmy Butler is on the Heat because of Brian Colangelo's front office. And this is just the perfect storm. Wow. Yes, the is. perfect storm of shame and regret. And backfiring in your face. What a bad job they did. What a bad – when you do a bad job in real life, you get fired. If you do bad at your job, you're not going to continue to have your job. Why do they – it's because – is it because they're front off – or they're uh, league office plants? Because they're all – you know – is that why? Because Adam Silver put them there. We're, like, stuck with them. We can't fire them. Is that possible? Yeah, didn't they all work in the league office before the Sixers? Yeah. Really? They God sure did. It. Yeah. So did Scott O'Neill. Scott Fucking O'Neal. snake-ass Scott O'Neill. How did Elton oh. leave that co- press conference saying the days of collaboration are over? Uh, it's so awful. <laughs> everything was so bad. What an uncomfortable work environment. What a what an uncomfortable thing to publicly say, and then you go back to work with these people. Like, can what? I? Uh, what are we can doing? I, can I read you guys an excerpt of uh, about Elton Brand in this like in this one article? I think it was from the Shams article with uh, about the head coaches coming in. It says that uh, Philadelphia remains intent on building and adding talent under Brand to further strengthen the front office. Brand is well respected by his peers across the NBA, agents, and and the basketball industry executives. In addition to leading the head coaching search, Brand is having conversations with multiple NBA front office personnel to bolster his staff. 
for the 76ers, Brand continues to be the leader of basketball operations. He's respected yeah. because he gets fleeced by every other fucking GM and gives out these huge ass deals to Tobias yeah. Harris and Al Horford. That's why he's respected. Everybody loves Al. We guess what? We loved Vladi in 2015 when he gave us all those pick swaps, didn't we? <clears throat> Vladi was great. He's doing a great job. We love him. Well, well respected by us. I, I can't wrap my head around it. That's 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 who's leading us through this uh, this very critical period. Uh, in the in Sixers history, it might be the end of the process as we know it. That was a nice little that was a nice little puff piece uh, Elton's agent wrote and gave <laughs> as a source. Thanks, Shams. Yeah, anyway, it's almost as if they don't trust them after all that they're keeping these people here. Everything is conflicting. It's just it's always been that way, and I hate everyone. <clears throat> all right, guys, moving on. We're gonna move on to Ben Simmons. Uh, Interesting, uh, interesting uh, news since our last podcast. He was named to the All Defensive First Team, the All NBA Third Team, and and then an interesting report came out. I guess Hoops Hype pulled fifteen NBA talent evaluators, which consisted of like GM, scouts, and executives, and he ranked ninth on the list of players that these people would build under, uh, build around under the age of twenty five. So, what do you guys think? Uh, First, we'll talk about the him? awards. Oh, you want to talk? Okay, let's talk about the list first. Uh, ahead of him. I... Sorry, David. Good day. Can, can I guess? I didn't see the list. Yeah, sure. Players There's... under pl- players under players 25? under twenty five. All right, it's got okay. Eight people: Luca, Luca, yes. Devin Booker. Yep. Zion. Wow. Is Giannis twenty five? I think he's twenty six. He's 26. All right. Luca, Devin Booker, Zion. Trey Young. Uh, Jason, Trey Young, Jason. Trey Young, actually, no. Surprisingly, he didn't what? make the top 15. Oh, I, wow. Trey Young didn't make the top 15, oh which God. is insane. I'd build, I'd pick Trey Young over Ben Simmons in a heartbeat. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm serious. Being... I would not even, I would not even hesitate in 2020 to take Trey Young over Ben Simmons. Um, you said Tatum. That's got to be one. Tatum's four. Tatum's one for sure. De'Aaron Fox? No way. No, but he, he wasn't in the top 15. Ahead of Trey Young, which is crazy. Yikes. So you got four. Uh, in the NBA? The next, the next four were all in the playoffs. All in the playoffs? Uh, oh, Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. He's, not, he's older. He's older. He's older. Is he? The, okay, the rest so Murray, Murray the other sure. three. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Donovan Mitchell. Wow. wow. One more point guard. And then one center. The center is going to surprise you because that surprised me. No, can't be Bam. It's Bam. What? what? Over Simmons? That's insane. That's insane to me. That's, that's insane. Nuts. Over Trey over Trey Young is even crazier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're, mi- we're missing a You're point missing guard one in, more the point guard in the playoffs. Fuck. You love them. Awesome Ooh. vintage jerseys. Oh, John Morant. John Morant. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the eight. So, let's go. From one to eight, we have Luca, Tatum, Booker, Morant. There's a tie between Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo. Wow. Zion Williamson and Jamal Murray were tied. So, those are the eight above Ben Simmons. Is Is that fair? Is that too high, too low? What do you think? Bam is Bam does not belong above Simmons. But Trey Young does. So I would just flop <laughs> Trey Young and Bam. And then Zion and Simmons, I don't know. I don't know. It's a debate. I would everyone else I would I think I would take over Ben, honestly, but not Bam. And Zion, I don't know. I'd have to sleep on that one. Yeah, I need to see more out of that. Uh I'm not sure about Zion. Yeah. I, mean, I know he's been like spectacular sometimes, but like I just like he seems like that type that will be like you could zone in on him in the playoffs and then like, you know, what else can he do? Like he's not a particularly great shooter, um, super athletic, which uh, I'm worried about is like, I'm worried about his knees because <laughs> he jumps out of the gym yeah. every fucking time. His, his athleticism is the best, best, his best attribute. And he's the size of like uh fucking that, uh, like he's the size of a linebacker. He's a Mack truck, that kid. He looks That's like insane. Khalil Mack. He looks like Khalil Mack in a basketball jersey. 
so, but I mean, there's definitely an argument for there. Uh, Jamal Murray fucking showed out during these playoffs. So, yeah, I think I think that's about. People were arguing about it, but I think that's about right. Besides that, Adebayo, but like you said, you just put Trey Young there. Um, Luca definitely Tatum. Yeah, Tatum's better than Simmons. He, he just is. I, I I know no one wants to admit it, but he's 23 years old, and he's been to two out of the last three Eastern Conference Finals. Like, he he's just he's a killer. killer. He's a killer. He he is. I thought he was 19. He is 19. <laughs> All those players are killers. <laughs> he's an old. He's an old. He's an old. He's an old 19. He's an old 19. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, so then he was also named to the all-defensive first team. I thought they were deserving. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And then the all-NBA third team, which I would also like to talk about the all-NBA teams because I know June was fired up about these. What position did he get on that? Guard. Guard. What do they do? Just guard, guard, forward, forward, center? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't know enough. I just know MB didn't get it. I don't know enough about what's June fired up about. June, go, go so we'll go ahead with the all NBA teams. June, go ahead. You have all the right. floor. My 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 thing is Anthony Davis was selected first team All NBA at the center position, and he doesn't play center for the Lakers. Wait, that's unacceptable. How how does that make <laughs> sense when Javale McGee and Dwight Howard are above you in the center depth chart? It doesn't make sense. He's yeah, that's a, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's openly like openly stated that he does. He's not thrilled with playing center, <laughs> and he doesn't. Wow, that he is doesn't a- play center. He's like, I'll I'll do it if I have to. Uh, I I will make an argument. Like if they just said like fuck it, it's the top fifteen players in the NBA. Like sure, he doesn't yeah. do the first team, but like you're right, he's not a setter. He's gifted. He's talented, but. The guy doesn't play center. Right? They basically just build it like I would build a starting lineup in two K. Just like yeah, let's get them all on the let's get them all on the floor. Let's fucking put them at center. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me pull up the All NBA team because I, I definitely had at least one more problem with it. Uh, okay, Joel, so Embiid, Joel Embiid wasn't on it. That's got to be the yes, problem. That's right? that's it. So <laughs> let's start let's start with the first team. It was LeBron, Giannis, Harden, Davis, Doncic. Fine. Fantastic, Doncic, second year All NBA first team. That's that's amazing. But, Can I say uh, something? Can I say yeah. something? I think uh, I think for this year in Luca's young career, Lillard should have been there over Luca. But I'm not going to argue too much because Luca had an unbelievable year and an unbelievable playoffs. So, but I think at this stage in his career, he'll make many first team All NBAs. I think uh, I think Dame deserved it this year. Dame but he got second the, team, right? All NBA second team, yep. Uh, uh, Dame, Chris Paul, Kawhi, Siakam. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the one. Jokic. Uh, Jokic does deserve to be there. Um, and then the – Siakam, really? All I mean, really? <laughs> fucking all he does in the playoffs is do a spin move, and they, they exposed it. It's like the Sixers exposed him last year, and Kawhi was fucking God. Anyway, all NBA third team, uh, Tatum, Butler – Simmons, Russell Westbrook, and Rudy Gobert. Did Westbrook I, uh, deserve it? He he did have like a pretty good stretch where he was like tearing it up, um, and the playoffs was a totally different story. Uh, literally being left open by the Lakers in the second round. But uh, my beef with this is Gobert over Embiid. Rudy Gobert Bam. is not even over Bam too. That's that's insane. Rudy Gobert is. Not better than Embiid, even with Embiid's like kind of off season. Like, there's no reason Gobert should be over Embiid. Yeah, I'm so biased because I hate Gobert, but like, I don't know. I'm not like extremely surprised by that selection. And what's supposed to be that? What's supposed to go into this? Did the eight bubble games were they supposed to count? No, I actually don't think so. Okay. All right, and not that that goes into my statement there, but I don't know. Like, Embiid had an off year. He he definitely did. He definitely did. Um, But even so, he didn't look dominant on defense, and he didn't look. I mean, he his offense was 
still dominant, obviously. But his defense fell off. He yeah, still averaged like twenty five and twelve, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that. he was he was left off the all defensive team too, wasn't he? Which that's why it's a was joke. probably right. Who right. got the center for that? Do you guys? Oh wait, did Gobert get it? I think it was Gobert and Amash. It might have been Davis and Gobert. Oh, Bam. was it Davis? So he got a, he got power forward for that one, but not for the All NBA team. That's consistent. Let's see. The All NBA the uh, All NBA uh, defensive first team was Davis, Gobert, Smart, Giannis, Simmons. Uh, second team was. Excuse me. Second team was Brooke Lopez. That was a Patrick big, Beverly, uh, Eric Bledsoe, Kawhi, and Bam. Lopez definitely isn't is actually pretty good on defense. I guess when he works as a team, like Milwaukee was like historic on defense this year, weren't they? Brook Lopez was so cool. That was a big uh, Ben Dietrich. That was his guy. He said that he was the rookie or defensive player of the year, not Giannis. Or I think he might have said that Brook should have been MVP. <laughs> you see his latest bit, Ben Dietrich. I don't know. Maybe his latest bit is that the Sixers need to keep keep Al Horford and play him with Simmons and Embiid. Oh yeah, and he's oh I did see that. Yeah, (laughs) I I think he's semi serious though. He is. I can never tell of him, dude. I can never tell of him. He's completely serious on those types of takes. Um, I mean, going back to Simmons, uh, like how would you say Simmons was this year? If you had to quickly summarize it. He was great, but he was just as great as he was last year. There was no <laughs> development. And, yeah. again, we know he's great. I mean, he's an all-NBA defensive player, and he was, uh, you said, third-team all-NBA. Like, But he showed he showed defensive flashes last year. I mean, defense, I think we always kind of thought he had the tools for defense. So, like, I'm, like there, there are some people who are – and I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound that much anti-Simmons, but, like, there are some people who are using the all NBA third team as an excuse, like, "Oh, all you want to talk about is his shooting." Well, yeah, because it's, it's a bitty, it's a, it's a pretty big fucking deal. Like, yeah. th- just because he gets all NBA third team doesn't excuse him not shooting. He didn't take a single three after Brett Brown asked him in November. Like, he does this. I think he does deserve the all NBA third team. But like, let's let's not like start pretending that he doesn't need to improve more. Like, good for him, happy for you, Ben. But, like, yeah. for us to take the next – like, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to fucking contend. And if you're just going to be the same player every year, we're obviously not going to reach that window if if you're just the same player every year. Yeah. But um, Embiid had this in the response to the all-NBA team, I think. I'm not really sure. This is his tweet. He said, I'm being treated like I got deported. We'll see next year. Is that about the All-NBA team or what? I thought it was more about like – and, I, again, I've been somewhat mentally checked out, but I thought it was just about like everything. Like everyone's saying the Sixers are junk. I guess the, the All-NBA, uh, All-NBA shaft didn't, might have contributed to it, but I don't fully understand why he said he feels like he's been deported. I almost wish he just said – we'll if he just said we'll we'll see about this next year, oh my god, I'd be all all in for a day. Yeah, that threw me off. <laughs> I know he tweeted earlier, like in the playoffs, like not the same energy because I think Jokic had a bad like run of games and like wasn't getting much criticism. But I, Jokic has been like outstanding ever since. So I, he might be the best center in the league. I don't want to admit it, but I I think he is. He get, I mean he gets it for this year. I mean that, that could flip. That could seesaw every year, and I'll, I'll give it to him for this one. He's he's been so good in the playoffs, man. Like he just knows what to do. He's always calm. He makes the right pass. Like, and his passing is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like unreal. in Game Seven versus the Clippers when they were up like seven with like thirty seconds left, he had like behind the head like pass to Jamal Murray, which was like perfect. Uh, he's been outstanding this year, so I'll I'll definitely tip my hat to him this year. Wait till Spolster gets his hands on Embiid. Oh, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> He's going to be the best center of all time. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait I'm to gonna get be that uh, Miami Vice Embiid jersey. It's going to be beautiful. DH8. I've always so wanted five. I might get a real one. <laughs> Authentic. <laughs> I mean, me, me, and, me and June just ordered the uh, Embiid ones. Coming soon. I saw it. came that. in. 
You came in for you? I still yeah, got I, I still got a week left. They have the got Miami two, Heat got colors. Two pairs. Yeah, is that is that like a, a shoe collector type thing? I saw you did that. I was confused. Yeah, I got two pairs. One to stock and one to rock. Do you have like a co- collection of shoes? No, not really. <laughs> Just for MB, man. We love that guy. That's I our res- guy. I respect that shit. That's cool. If MB goes to Miami, we are a Miami Heat podcast. Is that the is that the deal? Mm, I don't know. Do we want to curse them? Oh shit. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, yeah. let's just let's just go on. Yeah, just <laughs> let, let, him, let him be. Let him be. Leave the nest and fly. So, if we root for Embiid, are we cursing him? Like, do we have to pretend like we're not rooting for him? No, it's just, maybe. I definitely will be. It's Josh. Harris. Maybe it's not us. <laughs> yeah, it is Josh. What Harris. if there you go? What if us being cursed brought Josh Harris to us? No, we got uh, the we got the mm. Eagle Super Bowl. We're good, dude. We're clean. Yeah. Mm. I want I want a title. I want. Can I be honest? Title. I didn't ask for that Eagle Super Bowl. <laughs> Like I wanted a Sixers championship. I wanted a Sixers NBA championship so fucking bad that the sports gods rather give us an Eagle Super Bowl. <laughs> and ever since Carson Wentz has been trash, no one wants to admit it. He is trash. <laughs> give me Jalen Hurts. I'll admit it. Check the tapes. Maddie Meatsauce Maressa has been calling Wentz trash for a couple years, and he's he's been right this whole time. Unfortunately, he has. Yeah, he's, got, he's got archives to prove it. Maddie, yeah. that might be the, the first thing I agree with Maddie on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else to add about the all NBA teams? No. All right, moving on then. We're going to get to uh, the Drew Holiday rumors. Um, not a really, like, well-known source. It wasn't like it was, like, Woj or Shams or anything. And In fact, it was this one, like, no-name, unverified guy from, like, Philadelphia Twitter. I don't even know his name. Uh, it might have been Kevin McCormick or something. But then it was also reported by this guy who I don't really know, but his name is, like, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, who has, like, 25,000 followers on Twitter. And I think he's, like, known in the New, or- New Orleans area. Um, he's reporting that the Sixers have interest – and Drew Holiday. Um, so, do you guys think that's a possibility? Do you think would you want him back? How would uh, how would that fit with the current Sixers? If we if we trade for anybody good that fits like Drew Holiday, we're gonna have to give up Matisse and the the OKC pick. And uh, would you for Drew? Maybe I just I'm so tired of trading all our stuff. For yeah. short-term fixes, I mean, Drew is how old is Drew? Twenty-nine. Thirty. You know, at least, at least he's younger than Lowry and Chris Paul, but he's still twenty-nine. He's had some pretty big injuries, and it's 30. like you, you know he's going to have another injury as soon as he gets here, and it, and then Matisse Thybul is just going to be like the next Kawhi in in New Orleans with Zion and Brandon Ingram, and you know what I mean? Like, at what point yeah. do we just do we stop? And we don't stop because we have this front office still, and that's what they do. They just give away our things. So, yeah, we'll trade Matisse and the OKC pick for Drew Holiday. And Wait, sure. is that it? Does that not – do we not have to give up? And I want to give one of them up, Tobias or Horford, to make that money work? Like, would it Probably. be one of them plus Matisse Probably. and OKC? Ah, sign me up. I'll do it. I could, I could see them – Horford makes sense for them, actually. He fits. Yeah. Who's their center? Derek Favors. Derek Favors, who yeah. might be a free agent. I think they signed him on a short-term deal. So then, if you can do, if you can keep Matisse and just do Horford and the and the pick, maybe a couple picks for Drew. That's dope for both teams, actually. I don't think um, so. I don't think we could get rid of anybody. We have no leverage. We're the win now mode, and every team knows it. They're getting Matisse from us. Because like. Think about what Drew Holiday is. Like he's a, a defensive guard who can spread the floor and shoot, handle the ball. Like a lot of teams could use that, right? So like one of the why, best, best defenders in the league too for that position. I don't see why New Orleans would want to give him up. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Al Horford would be an improvement, and I really do think Al Horford <laughs> would be a fit. Not even like you know, not advertising for the for the Pelicans or anything, but. I really do think Al Horford would be, like, a nice center if you want to build around Zion. But, like, why give up Drew Holiday for that, you know? I do guess they want to, like, let Lonzo run, or is he giving up on? 
I think they'll let Lonzo run. Look at the dude, Lonzo, JJ, Ingram, Zion, and Horford. That's dope. Anyway, we can get JJ back. No, my boy. Now we're talking. If we want to salvage Embiid, we'll certainly try. Oh god. I I would I would definitely welcome a holiday trade. My whole thing is I just don't see a world in which the Pelicans want anything from us unless. Unless uh, that's it, man. Unless they want the sweetener, is like okay, we'll upgrade at center and then give us Matisse, give us the pick. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, well, here's I mean, here's here's a sneak peek into a future segment. Vlade's what ifs. The the Drew trade was Landry Shamit and four draft picks for Drew at the deadline. That was the trade. That was the trade. Then you come back with Drew, JJ, Jimmy, Ben, and Bead. We're on a we're on our way to roll into our second straight title. With that team, honestly. Oh, where'd you guys go? I lost you. I'm oh back. no, I still see you. <laughs> um, yeah, that was it, that right? Was, that was it. That probably was it. I mean, what a not, haul! What a what a <laughs> win for both teams! What a haul for them! What a haul! For not us. uh, no, we got Tobias fucking Harris. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> painful, painful. But um, you know what? Sad. Let's uh. Instead of going down that road again, let's do something a little happier. We got uh, we got number four on Mudbone's top five process moments. You have the floor, Mudbones. Just to recap, number five was uh, Fultz getting his triple-double. And I'm pretty locked in on what one will be and what five was. Two, three, and four, I'm just winging it as we go. I think I'm going to give number four to – and this one I have the least like memory of – is us winning the lottery and getting Ben Simmons. We, so mm-hmm. we went into that lottery as best odds, right? And everyone had that, like, if we were going to get rewarded with some luck, it was going to be rigged because that's when we just got Brian Colangelo and did Adam Silver a favor. Mm-hmm. But still, like, everyone wanted Ben. Dave had Ben lined up for, like, seven years. We didn't want Ingram, although he's dope, too. Um, winning that lottery. I think we were all at Xfinity, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. hey, I don't forget Matumbo. Matumbo leaked the pick. Remember oh, that? yeah. <laughs> Matumbo leaked. He said congratulations, right, to the Sixers? Talk about talk about. Yeah, me. he tweeted it out. He gave us the congrats three hours before, before tip-off. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, what, man. What, who, did, who ended up being third pick in that draft? Boston for Jalen Brown. Okay. Oh. Also pretty cool. That's a good top three. Mm. No, that draft and then, was, uh, what yeah. a draft. And then Dragon Bender four. Uh yuck. Chris Chris Dunn five. Ooh. What Buddy Healed six, Jamal Murray seven. Ooh, man. Wow. Let's see. <laughs> yep, that that's exactly what it was. That's pretty amazing good that Dave just rattle that off. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Dunn, I remember we flirted that pick because we, we were trying to get someone to take Oka for for Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably would have uh, been. Weren't those the days? Oh, let's just flip Oka for the yeah. his pick. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, that was. Uh, I remember I was in. Uh, I was in Putacana. I was in the Dominican Republic, and uh, I didn't have like the greatest like Wi-Fi access, so I I was paying no attention to it, and then I. Finally connected, and I got the notification. So, like in in the middle of, of the dining hall at the resort, I like, flipped out, and everyone was staring at me, and no one really mm-hmm. knew what was going on. Uh, but that was a good moment, and I think the the draft was uh, like a day after my birthday. We hung out at Sips the day before, I think, if you guys remember. Fuck yeah! yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. There's a picture of us from that night. Mm. Didn't we see Embiid? Yeah, Joey tried to talk to him. Yeah. Wait, we got a picture at Morgan's Pier. That might have been a different night. No, we have. There's a, there's a picture of us at the at Sips at uh, mm-hmm. Pagano's, out by the water uh, fountain. Yeah, Bang. and then and then me, yeah. June, and Dave went to uh, San Key. It was my birthday, uh, and we had birthday yes. dinner at San Key. That was a good day. I wow, must have what made a, a terrible oh. decision to not <laughs> to not come. <laughs> what a two days there. Wow. San Key mm-hmm. for my birthday, and we had Ben Simmons the next day. Not bad. Thought we thought we had it all. I remember uh, – I know Xfinity was going crazy because it was like yeah. we finally got the first pick. I was there. I was definitely at Xfinity for that lottery party, and it was insane. I watched the video. They had, like, the, the one angle 
that just showed it. The whole place completely erupt. And I watched it like 4,000 times. I'm not even kidding. Oh, it my was God. So crazy. Such a, such a rush. It's beautiful. When that, when that second envelope opened up and it was the Lakers, it just completely, completely went insane. And then, uh, yeah, that started the, the wild next four years, which uh, I hope in, in future podcasts, uh, my hope is that we'll be able to recap those four seasons and, uh, and talk about how we got here because the offseason is going to be long. So we're going to do uh, we're going to need to do some some filler podcasts. So I, I think that'll be really interesting to, to talk about the history of how we got here. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the mailbag real quick before before Mudbone has to go. I, I really like this question. Uh, it's from Sean Comp. And the question is, do you really still trust the process? I'll go first. Yeah, of go. course. Absolutely. Always trust the process. Always. That's the, that's the short answer. Absolutely. Mm. There you that's go. So you got the shirt on and everything. Trust the, trust the process. It's crazy. It's like, it's so much bigger than the Sixers. It applies to life so well. Like mm. you're always going to go through challenging times in life, but it always swings back the other way. Always, always. Nothing, nothing is forever. Everything is temporary. Mm. And uh, you know, you always got to trust the process and know that there's something, something's going to change, you know? Always, no matter how bad, when you're going through hell, keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In life, trust the process is such a good life slogan. In mm-hmm. six years, uh, trust the process. The process is, has been derailed. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> like a – it's not even a, a question that – I don't know if it's fully applicable anymore. Um, but I'll always trust the process. The old process, life process, and fuck. Scott O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, well, of he course. Got to trust the process and, you know, have that long view in the room, right? Always. Longest view in the room. Always. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Scott, yeah. Scott O'Neill doesn't trust the process, that's for sure. You tell me, you tell me, Al, you think Alan Brandon has the longest uh, view in the room? Uh, He's literally got 5-5 five, five vision, if that's even possible. <laughs> That dude can't even see the the computer screen from where I'm sitting. I can only imagine. I can only imagine looking at like the Twitter rumors and like licking his lips, like, "Oh, I should try that." Yeah. <laughs> Let me try these guys in 2K and see if they mesh well in one one simulation game. Oh, um, what a loser! Yeah. What do you think he does in his office? You think he just goes in his office and shuts the door and like plays Minesweeper or something? Like, just, <laughs> you think he's a big? You think he's a big solitaire guy? <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. Be. Probably. I, I can't imagine him doing anything uh, anything productive in his office. He probably ought to, I don't know, maybe like Joe said, simulating 2K lineups, trying to build the perfect team, doing the NBA trade machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, think of a trade. It's like, does this actually work? And just putting it in real quick. But, uh, but yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. There are times where, like, you kind of lose faith. But uh, – Gotta trust the process and everything. Always. Six years in life. Uh, 2015 yearbook. If you see my slogan for my pharmacy school, it says under my name, trust the process. Wow. I, wish I will always trust the process. It will always be ongoing, even though it was derailed uh, and Hanky's no longer here. The true process might not always be there, but as long as MB's here, the process is still ongoing. It'll live in our hearts forever. Absolutely. Uh, that's right. JB, I know you got to get out of here, but uh, yeah. June, Dave, you want to do the other two mailbag questions? Let's do it. Peace out, right. fellas. Oh, See you, everybody. Uh, also, adding to that process question, Sean Combe also asked, is Dave still a sniper from Beyond New York? Of course. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I uh, Maybe I was, I went to the basketball courts down here in Vetner last week. I uh, ball rolled off to the edge of the court, rolled my ankle going to get the ball. I was shooting. Yeah. I was shooting shots off the top of the backboard. I'm going to say I had the ocean breeze, you know, just kind of blowing the ball around, but uh, you know, get, put me out there, put me on the hardwood in a VBA game. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm I'm definitely taking at least eight threes. That's for sure. I don't know how many I'm making, but I'm taking at least eight of them. Well, that's very reflective of today's NBA. So that's actually probably a, a good move to make. Right? Can you guys can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? 
Why does it say I'm on? Oh, it said I was on safe driving mode and I had to tap to speak. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm right. back though. Well, not not too much longer. We'll, we'll get to we'll get out of here before our internet's crash like mine did earlier. But uh, you know, me and June played at a at a court on uh, I think it was 18th and Catherine uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Nice mm-hmm. skyline view. We played at the basketball court. Nice rims. Uh, I played there and took me a little bit, but I got I got my shot back a little bit, right, June? Yeah, Nuge scored like 12 on me, man. Which was like wow. How how did Markel forget how to shoot, man? That's the first time I played the basketball in two years. And <laughs> did you guys no, play one on one? No, we played no, with uh, two other friends. Nice. One who has nice. the next mailbag question. That's uh, it's Double Patel, aka Slim Reaper. He says, uh, "How do you feel about Arsenal, uh, that soccer team over there in England, uh, adopting the trust the process slogan? They just uh, they re-signed one of their." Uh, one of their best players, uh, Obama Yang, and under all their captions, they kept saying "trust the process." What do you? How do you guys feel about? It? Do you think they? You think that's a little, a little stolen, or you know, we're we're, we're free to share it to whoever trusts. I think uh, I think we had a good run. We can't we can't hold it forever. <laughs> and Dave, what do you think about Arsenal, the soccer team? Me? <laughs> oh no! I plead the Who fifth. No comment. No comment. <laughs> I I'll I'll root for Arsenal. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, our, our Philly sports teams aren't really giving us much to root for. So my, my good friend, Double Patel, uh, I root for our, I'm an, I consider myself an Arsenal fan for him. And he, he tells me they're like the Sixers of the Premier League. So I'll, hey, right. I'll root for that. If he listens to this podcast, I, I trust him. <laughs> Gene, what do you think? Dude, what about Arsenal? Yeah. <laughs> sure, they can use it. <laughs> I mean, it's a good life slogan and team motto. All right. Our, our final one is from Saka Patel. He says, uh, this was a little earlier before the, the series started, but predictions of the Nuggets Lakers series. And he, at the time, the, the Heat were up 2-0. He says, are the Celtics going to be mediocre if they can't beat a team with less talent than the Heat? Hmm. So I guess I would split that question. Like, do we really do think that the Heat are less talented? And uh, and then I guess your predictions for the Nuggets-Lakers. So let's, let's start with the Nuggets-Lakers. What are your predictions? I know it's 2-0 Lakers right now. 4-0 sweep. I thought it was going to be a wow. sweep. Wow. Chicken wow. Nuggets, man. Didn't uh, – did the Nuggets come back from down 3-1 in both the first and the second round series? They did. Has that is that a storyline that just went over my? Has that ever been done before? Isn't coming back from down three one the most rare thing of all time? It's like I think like one percent of teams like come back, mm-hmm. and they Especially did it in twice in a row. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I mean, the Lakers are probably going to win, just with R.I.P. Kobe. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like the Lakers were always destined to win this title, and LeBron was always going to take it personal and go all the way. But uh, dude, Denver, man, you can't can't count them out. Can't count them out till till the series is over. And right. uh, so I don't know. I guess, but yeah, I mean, the Lakers are probably we're probably always going to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But say, uh, what was the what was the other? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You answer. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I say I say the Lakers and four or five. I mean, mm-hmm. look over to the other series where like the Heat and Celtics are like killing each other, and the Lakers look like they're coasting. Man, they look like they're just like playing around. Rondo's had a resurgence, um, you know, making threes and shit and. <laughs> Getting all these assists, no no turnovers, and June's laughing for some other reason. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Lakers just look like they're toying with teams, man. I just like they seem like they're just they're gonna coast to the finals. Uh, but you're right, you can't count the, count the Nuggets out. Uh, Jokic has been a monster. I gotta give it up to him, and you know they just the Nuggets are kind of a pleasure to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I, they're the team that I kind of look at. Like I don't think they're a real threat, but. They're just like they make smart plays. They're built for the today's NBA. Like Jokic is a center, but he he very well meshes with how they try to play today. Um, but I still think the Lakers are going to take it. So the next question was, um, are the do you think the Celtics will be mediocre if they can't beat a team that has less talent in them, like the Heat? I don't know if the if I consider the Celtics being mediocre. Yeah, uh, I think they're very uh, good. Tatum, Brown, and Brad Stevens are too good of a trio. Yeah, and they're what twenty three and twenty. I think Brown's twenty four and and Tatum's twenty three. Something like twenty two. Yeah, I think. I think they're, they're going like to be a force 
for years to come. And we did that. Tatum's, Tatum's going to lead the league in scoring next year. Like he's probably going to have an MVP season. He's going to be Kobe 2.0. Uh, hmm. uh, Does Tatum have this much success if the Sixers draft him? Absolutely not. No. There's, I, wish, I wish I could find it, but there's a, there's a rights to Ricky Sanchez episode. It was right after the right after the trade. I think it was like in the summer league when Fultz before Fultz forgot how to shoot when he was actually living up to the hype. And Tatum was having a nice summer league too. And they were like relitigating the trade. And Mike Levin said something along the lines of was like, Look, Jason Tatum is fine. He's Tobias Harris. He's fine. Oh my god, that bit us in the ass. That was a legitimate quote from him. I swear to God, I can hear it. I can hear it in my head. Oh, we uh, we are definitely going to be able to relive that. I know you guys are looking forward to it because we will. That will definitely be in our uh, weirdest process moments. It's going to be the faults for Tatum trade, and we're going to talk all about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time. We have uh, we already started late due to my shitty internet, but I'm just going to end it with uh, what's for dinner, guys. Mm, good, dude. I had this very poverty meal. It's like a Asian inspired, well, Korean, I think. It's two fried eggs over, like, on top of rice with a, tea, with a tablespoon of sesame oil, soy sauce, and a little sprinkle of salt and pepper. Ooh. And mix it all up in a mm, quick five minute dinner. That sounds really comforting. I'm not going to lie. That's so good. Yeah, I, so I would inhale food. that. That sounds so good. What you did? Uh, tonight I kept it clean. I uh, I just I made some uh, brown rice, chicken, and steamed broccoli for the rest of the week, and I had some of it for dinner. But yesterday I didn't even get a chance to take pictures and send it to you guys. But I, or no Sunday, it was on Sunday. I cooked a whole, all the the Chinese and Cantonese cooking I've been doing over the last year. I had like I cooked for my parents and Steph, and I made Beautiful. a feast. I made enough food to feed like nine people. I'm not kidding. Like I had like, I got like three and a half pounds of pork shoulder and made like Ooh. roasted all of it, marinated for it for 24 sake. hours, oh. made some char siu. I wrapped, I like, I made my own wontons. I bought the wrappers, but I like, I got the, I made the filling and wrapped them up. I got like the nice thin egg noodles that you get that come in the, the soup from Sankey. And like, I made the broth from scratch. We had the soup. I made this like, eggplant and ground pork with like this pepper garlic sauce it was dude it was like insanely good it was so good and i didn't even take any pictures we just inhaled it all next time all you gotta do is send one text to our group and i'll drive all of us down there i can't wait to cook for you guys someday i think you'll be impressed <laughs> i love it uh i might have to make you know those little videos i make i might have to make one just of you describing your dinner because that sounded phenomenal <laughs> I love it. Do it up. That's what it's what this has come to. We always said it was going to eventually be a food podcast. That's that's my end goal. If I'm being completely honest, that's my end goal. But uh, <laughs> I had speaking of Sankey, I had them last night. Fantastic. I had yeah, the flounder with minced pork and exos. Do we know what exos sauce is? It's like seafood based. That's my, the best way I can describe it. But whatever it is, it's phenomenal. Know. It's like a yeah, little like a little like a little zest to it. Very good. Uh, their, on the menu. Ooh, their their roast pork over rice was fantastic yesterday. It was like all lean, like not too fatty, and had like those burnt ends, which is like the best part. Uh, and that I had quite the three days, guys. Um, I think I was talking to June about what I ate this weekend, and he like he asked me what I had like Sunday for the Eagles game and everything. Um, I had Angelos. I had a nice cheesesteak, Cooper Sharp, with onions. And I had the grandma pie, grandma pie with uh, like the, those little pepperonis that cup up. Um, and then he asked me what I had for on on Saturday. And I also had a cheesesteak and pizza. I had <laughs> I had John's roast pork cheesesteak, phenomenal. Ooh. Uh, American with onions, and they're you know uh, Angelos and John's have, might have the best bread for cheesesteaks in the city. Uh, and then I had square pie for dinner, mm. nice little pepperoni pie. Wow. Uh, so I'm probably gonna die soon. But I enjoyed it. Live forever, buddy. <laughs> That's the process. That's All right, right, fellas. I thank you guys for hopping on with me. Uh, we're gonna keep doing these off-season episodes. I, I personally love it. I feel I feel better after we talk. It's a therapy session. 
Uh, and thank you to the listeners. I don't know who the hell you are. I don't know why you're listening to us, but I really appreciate it. We, we've had 791 listens or playbacks throughout the seven episodes. That's like 110 per episode. I thought it'd be like 10 people per episode. So like, Hey, it may not sound like in the uh, sound like a lot in a large scale, but it's a lot to me. And uh, I appreciate whoever's listening to us because you guys are batshit crazy. Sounds good. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning into this misery for some reason. If you want to absorb all our toxicity, keep coming. Keep coming back for more. Someone asked me how the podcast is going, and I was like, have you listened to an episode? And she's like, no. And I was like, it's just pure depression. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we love it. We love it. And uh, it's nice to catch up with you guys. It's, you know. Love you guys. It's a, it's a certainly a weird time to be a Sixers fan, and uh, we'll be there with you the whole time. So, all right, guys. Good night. Thanks for hopping on. All right. All right. Talk to you guys soon.